0: I solemnly swear that I will faithfully, diligently, and impartially execute and perform the duties required of me as a member of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police and will well and truly obey and perform all lawful orders and instructions which Which I I
1: shall
2: receive receive. as such.
1: The Queen's Men. For the first time, authentic stories of the world-famous Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Tales of men who, for almost a hundred years, have helped to keep peace in Canada. The Queen's Men... Stories of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Names have been changed for family protection. And now, transcribe the Queen's Men.
3: So, you see, Sergeant, I, I've got a few private theories of my own on this case. I shouldn't, I suppose. Why not, Rennie? Well, my superiors have decided on a course of action.
2: I'm supposed to just obey orders. Yes, you have to obey actual orders, that's true. But the force has never operated on the theory of blind obedience alone. Private initiative has been one of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police's most valuable assets. Is that so? Well, you'll discover that when you've been on the force a bit longer. Makes me think of Sergeant Cooper... That uh, case a few years ago where he distinguished himself in the face of great opposition from other members of the force.
3: How'd he manage to do that, Sergeant?
2: Well, I wasn't on the case myself, but everybody was talking about it afterwards. One of the most interesting ones of the year. Cooper was stationed at a small detachment up north, and his O.C. was Inspector Benson, a good man, a real leader. Uh-huh. Liked making all the decisions for his outfit, and usually he was right. But being human, not always.
0: Come in. You wanted to see me, sir?
4: Yes. Uh, come in, Sergeant Cooper. Ease.
0: Thank you, sir.
4: Uh, have a chair, if you like. Cigarette? Thank you very much, sir. And Sergeant, uh, you've been on the force eight years. The last three of them you've spent here under my command. Yes, sir. You're a good officer, and men respect you. I do, too. I'm entirely pleased with you, with one exception. Sir? Sir? This thing's occurred several times now under various guises. It's happened again. I refer to the case of Emery Hawkins, arrested this week for drunken disorderly conduct. Oh, oh, yes, sir. Now, uh, the last time we brought him in a couple of months ago, I received a complaint from his wife the following day. Not because he was arrested. She didn't seem to mind that. But she objected to your going around to
0: her place and questioning her afterwards. Yes, sir. Well, she seemed to show some disinclination, so I didn't press the subject, sir. I... I gave it up. Then uh, last night, you
4: were down in Hawkins'
0: cell interviewing him. Yes, sir. May I ask why? Well, well, frankly, sir, I was interested in the man himself. Wondering why it was that he acted up like that.
4: He acted up, he was brought in, and he's serving the required number of days. The force has done its job, Cooper. Why aren't you content to leave it like that?
0: Well, because I thought, well, it seems to me, sir, that there must be some reason... For Hawkins to act like that. I mean, he, he, if we could put our finger on the reason, we might get a better idea how to deal with him. We're
4: not but... in the psychology business, Cooper. This is the law. Our job is to deal with people, humanely certainly, but not to go looking for reasons, looking too deep. Yes. We haven't the time for one thing. We've got to take certain offenses at their face value and deal with them and move on to the next one.
0: Yes, sir. You say that as though you don't agree with me, Sergeant. Well, it isn't that I disagree. I, I can see where you're right, sir. But it just seemed to me that we might get to the root of certain cases faster if sometimes well, we Well, were...
4: uh, take that bank robbery in January. The man was caught with all the evidence on him. He had a fair trial, was found guilty, and fairly sentenced. But you took it upon yourself to decide he was innocent.
0: Well, I just suspected he was, sir. I, I didn't try to interfere with the wheels of justice. I know you didn't. I just wanted to carry on a little private investigation of my own afterwards. Which you didn't. Where did it get you? Nowhere, sir. Proved I was wrong, I'm afraid. Exactly. He was not innocent after all. No, sir, but if he had been... The point is, he was not.
4: You wasted your time, but you could have spent to better advantage.
0: Well, in that instance, yes, sir.
4: You do see what I'm getting at, then? Yes, sir. Right. I just wanted to draw it to your attention. No hard feelings. Thank you, sir. That's all.
0: Oh, uh, before you go...
4: Heard any news on that report of the fire?
0: No, not yet, sir. Blakely and Connell headed straight out there as soon as the report came in. Well, it doesn't sound too important. Small shack somewhere outside of town burned down.
4: Probably one of those deserted log cabins.
0: Yes, sir. It's as well to have them out of the way before they fall in on someone's head. Yes, sir. My own feeling is... Excuse me.
4: Yes?
2: Preston here, sir. Just received a call from Blakely near the scene of the fire.
4: Yes? You sound as though something's up.
2: It sure is. The
4: fire isn't spreading, is it?
2: No, sir. Just the shack. It's burned to the ground. But, Inspector, Blakely says it appears a person perished in the fire. What? It's still too hot for a full search, but they're watering it down. He'd like some more men sent out.
4: Okay, right away. Cooper, I want you to take Gifford and Wells and proceed to the scene of the fire. There's a body believed in the ruins. You'd better get straight out there. Oh!
3: Now, right here, Sergeant Cooper, is where I figure the fire started, or was started.
0: Some chance of arson, you think, Blakely? No evidence yet,
3: but it was a good thorough blaze. The way a fire's likely to be when someone's trying to destroy evidence of the source.
0: Yeah, uh, and yet these old cabins
3: can get hit with one spark and burn to the ground within a matter of minutes. Yeah. A person could be trapped inside, get overcome with smoke while getting to the door. But right here in this corner, the bed springs, you see? Yes. And these remains. Hmm.
0: There'll be no identification on whoever this was. No, just a few bone fragments.
3: Obviously died in bed. The inspector and I were
0: wrong, I guess,
3: thinking it was a deserted shack. Well, you know, the thing that puzzles me is that it was deserted a month ago. Uh Oh? And for a few years previous. Whoever this was just moved in recently.
0: Well, that's odd. Just moved in in time to... What about the possibility of suicide? Well, you can't rule it out, of course, but it's not a widely
3: used method. That's true. But how sure can we be that these are human remains? Well, You can't be sure at all till the coroner's through with them. Is he on his way? Yeah, I put in a call.
0: Well, then our next job is to determine who this is, if it is or was someone. (sighs) What a shambles. Yeah, men are going through it with a fine tooth comb. I doubt that we'll find any identification. That's what I'm afraid of.
3: Hey, Preston, what do you got there? A stove?
2: No, the bottom of an old cauldron.
3: Not a sign of a stove yet, huh?
2: Don't think there is one, Corporal. Huh?
3: That's odd. Something starts a fire like this. It's usually a stove. A person could live here this time of year without heat, but something started the fire. Well, it was probably a
0: smoker, maybe fell asleep smoking. That's how the majority of them happen.
2: Here's something, Corporal. Yeah, what do you got? Uh, This small metal box, uh, completely untouched by the fire. Found
0: it in that heap of rubble over there.
3: Fine, what's inside?
0: Uh, It's locked. Good. A locked metal box probably contains something significant. You never know. We may get our identification here,
3: Blakely. Yeah, I think I'll take it right back to headquarters. If you'll take over the search, Sergeant. Sure thing. I hope it reveals something. I'll let you know. the man's name was Hugh Anderson.
4: What else is in the box besides the letters addressed to Anderson?
3: Just some sentimental keepsakes. Nothing of value, an old fiddle string, locket, two children's pictures, an old valentine.
4: (laughs) Sentimental's right.
3: Can't tell if the man had anything else of value in the shack. I suppose the contents of the metal box are about the extent of it. Of
4: course, it doesn't prove conclusively that the man was Anderson. The box may have belonged to someone not living there.
3: Yes, I thought of that. I've never heard of the man, but I started an inquiry. If he's local, we should find him out before the day is out. Sergeant. Sergeant Cooper.
0: Yes, Blakely, I've been waiting for you. Now we're all packed up. Didn't want to start back to the detachment in case you were on your way out here.
3: Well, we have put a lot of it together, Sergeant. Good.
0: We didn't find another blamed thing here. Everything's burned beyond recognition.
3: The box revealed the man's name. Oh? And by making inquiries in town, we found out about him. Mm-hmm. Hugh Anderson he is, or was, a farmer from the next town, East Gully.
0: Yes, anything else?
3: His wife says he's been missing for three days. Missing? Well, why didn't she report it three days ago? Well, she says he's done this sort of thing before and always comes back eventually. I see. There was a locket in the metal box, among other things of no actual value. We checked it and found out that the two pictures in it are Anderson's two young kids. Uh Uh-huh. Sad story. Looks as though he met his death here, most likely accidentally. Why are you so sure it was accidental? Oh, not positive, but she says he had no enemies at all and he was a heavy smoker. Murder would never be attempted in this manner.
0: No, I guess not.
3: Has the coroner been here?
0: Yes, about an hour ago. Took the remains back to town. What's
3: the matter? Hmm?
0: You look as though the wheels are going around again, Sergeant. Oh, well, matter of fact, I got a little talking to about that from the inspector this morning. Even if you did, you've got something on your mind. Yeah, well, never mind for now. Let's wait and hear what the coroner's verdict is. (laughs)
4: That seems to wash it up. You have heard from the coroner then, sir? Yes. He's pronounced the bones to be of human origin. All the evidence points to the fact that the man was Hugh Anderson and that death was accidental.
3: Well, then I guess that'd about to take care of it.
4: Pass the word on to the men as you go out, will you? Yes, sir. That's all for now. Uh, by the way, uh, you both did a good job on that search. If there was evidence of foul play, I'm sure you'd have found it.
3: Thank you, sir. Well, Sergeant, I guess that's that.
0: Yeah, maybe. Huh? But maybe not. What do you mean by that? Well, I spent quite a while studying those bone fragments this afternoon. I'm no expert, but I think it's just possible they're not human. They're not what? And another thing there was no skull
3: found. Oh, yeah, that could have been consumed by the fire. It was pretty hot, you know. Yeah, pretty unlikely, too. Oh, come on, Sergeant. Don't stir anything up. It's been decided by two experts, the coroner and the inspector. Sure, it's been decided, but I've got a few views of my own.
0: Tell me, uh, you got any important assignments the next couple of days, Corporal? No, nothing at all. Then how would you like to assist me in a little private investigation, eh? If I'm wrong, there's no harm done. But if I'm right, then everyone's in for a big surprise.
1: In just a moment, we'll return for the second part of this true story of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, The Queen's Men. And now we return you to The Queen's Men.
0: The name on that last mailbox? No! Said Foster. I think the next one's Hugh Anderson's farm. Good. My horse is getting pretty tired. Yeah, let's slow them down a bit. Five. Yeah, I might as well walk them the rest of the way. I had quite a run.
3: Yeah, no rush, I guess. Matter of fact, sir. Don't mind my saying so. I don't think there's much point in this.
0: No, maybe not. There are too many aspects of this case that have me puzzled just to let it go. Such as what? Well, this, for instance. If a man, especially a farmer, is in the habit of running off for several days at a time... Yeah? He must have a reason. Well, yeah, likely. Likely? It's certain. He goes hunting, perhaps, or off on a bender, or he goes away (laughs) to see someone. Anderson didn't drink. There's no hunting in the area of that shack... Anyway, we'd have found the remains of a gun, and he was entirely alone.
3: Yeah, right so far.
0: Oh, now, what was he doing in that small deserted shack? Doesn't make sense, Blakely. Look, a lot of things don't make sense. You can't investigate all of them. Well, oh, I can investigate this one.
3: Okay, maybe he just wanted to change his scenery, get away from his family for a
0: while. Well, then why take along his tin box full of mementos? That's the sort of thing a man might take if he was planning on staying away, don't you think?
3: Then well, maybe he planned to stay away.
0: Well, now you're getting warm.
3: Okay, he puts up in the shack and made the mistake of falling asleep with a lighted cigarette.
0: Yes, all that would tie in. It would satisfy me, too. Except that I still think that they may not be human bones. And I don't get it.
3: Why don't you take it up with the O.C.?
0: Well, I would, except that he's pretty suspicious of my extracurricular ideas. The coroner decided that as all the evidence pointed to Anderson dying an accidental death, an inquest was unnecessary. Well, he's supposed to know. Me, I'm just a troublemaking sergeant who's <laughs> himself a reputation for looking too deep. Okay, I'll go along for a while. What are your plans now? Talk to Mrs. Anderson. Try and find out something about this guy. Maybe I'll get a lead, enough to convince the inspector to let me dig a little deeper. Okay. Well, here's the house. Let's see if she's home.
5: don't understand why you officers came to see me.
0: Well, we're very sorry to intrude on you, Mrs. Anderson. Yeah. If you'd rather we waited a while till you get over the shock oh, of it. Oh,
5: no, I guess I don't mind. You've got me wondering, was Hugh in some kind of trouble with the law?
0: No, oh, no, ma'am. It's nothing like that. Well, well, you see, we were just trying to make extra certain about the circumstances of, of his death, Mrs. Anderson. Yeah. I know that Inspector Benson did question you. Yes,
5: him. he wanted to know if Hugh had any enemies. I'm sure he didn't, but he didn't have many friends either.
0: Well, why is that, ma'am, can you say?
5: Well, he was moody, Hugh was. You never knew what he was thinking. He never said much about anything, never talked about himself. He just liked to be alone with his fiddle.
0: Hmm. He played the fiddle a lot?
5: More than he should have. I was always at him about it. He never was much of a farmer, and there's so much work to be done on a farm. Oh, I suppose I shouldn't be talking about him like this now, but... Well, I... I never fooled myself about him when he was alive, and there's no point in doing it now.
0: No. Hmm.
5: He's probably a lot happier wherever he is. Hugh's whole trouble was he never liked responsibilities.
0: Oh, like um, like running a farm, you mean?
5: Yes, and even being married. Oh? Oh, he was fond enough of the kids, but I always had the feeling he'd rather be just a roamer.
0: Uh, you mentioned that he often went away for several days. Oh, yes. Uh, have you any idea where he went? No,
5: officer, but I'm pretty sure of why he went. Mm-hmm. Just to get away, that's why. I guess I didn't make it so pleasant for him when he got back either.
0: Then uh, he used to tell you his reason for going.
5: No, I guess he was afraid to, but I knew anyway. Before he was married, he used to travel around from town to town with his fiddle and do odd jobs. I see. He didn't mind working as long as he wasn't tied down to anything. Oh, but I'm talking too much. What was it you Mounties wanted to know about Hugh?
0: Well, uh, well, just one thing I'd like to uh, ask you, Mrs. Anderson, if you don't mind... Did it ever occur to you that your husband might one day just go away and not come back?
5: Oh, yes, I was pretty sure he'd do that sooner or later. Mm. Maybe that's what he was planning this time. <laughs> kind of sad, isn't it, to think he didn't make it more than ten miles away?
0: Yes, it is. Well, thank you very much, Mrs. Anderson. We yes. we won't trouble you anymore. Oh,
5: like it. it's no trouble. It's nice to know the police are interested in ordinary folks like us. <laughs>
0: What is it you're trying to say? Well, I thought I'd better come straight in and face you with it, sir. I'm i am afraid I'm up to my old tricks. <laughs> okay, let's have it. It's about Hugh Anderson, sir. What about him?
4: I thought he was all taken care of.
0: Well, he may not be, sir. I think he's still alive. You think what? And, and I'd like to ask your permission to send those bones to the university for a thorough analysis. I told you the coroner's decision on that, Sergeant. Yes, sir, but I think the coroner is wrong. If I may say so. You may say so, and
4: I say I think you're overstepping your position, Cooper.
0: I admit that, sir, and if I'm wrong, I'll
4: apologize. And you expect an apology will make up for all the wasted time? (laughs) University, indeed.
0: And what do you base this assumption of yours? Well, the fact that we found no skull, sir, and on my slight knowledge of the human skeleton. Also, from looking into the character of Hugh Anderson. He's the sort of man who would run away from his responsibilities, sure, but he wouldn't want to pay the penalty for it. I've just got a hunch that he may have staged this whole thing, so that he'll be classed as an accidental death, and then he's in the clear. You, uh, busy, sergeant? Hmm? Or uh,
2: asleep?
0: Of course not.
3: What do you want, (laughs) Preston?
2: I have to go and investigate an assault report. O.C. said to take some along with me. I'll come with you, Preston.
3: Uh, The sergeant here uh, he's very busy. He's uh, waiting for the mail. (laughs) (laughs) Corporal Blakely, he's been busy at that all week.
0: All right, all right, you two. Maybe you'll quit your rising if I turn out to be right. If you turn out to be right, sir, I'll drop dead. (laughs) Stranger things have happened. (laughs) Yeah? Not much. And what's that inference that I've just been sitting around all week? I've been doing some investigation on Anderson.
3: Yeah? Find anything?
0: Not yet, but you never know.
4: Oh, Sergeant Cooper. Uh, Yes, sir. Will you step into my office
0: a minute,
2: please?
3: Yes, sir. You've had it, boy. He's going to demote you.
2: You say you would come along with me, Corporal? Yeah. Uh,
0: What is it, sir? I just
4: received a wire from Dr. Fleming at the university. You did? What did he say? An apology would be in order. Oh. Well, then you mean he didn't... Mm. No. It's I who owe you an apology. Dr. Fleming states that the bones which we believe to be Anderson's remains are positively those of some animal and not of human origin. Well. So, uh, when you get to be an O.C., keep in mind that they can be wrong, too. (laughs) Yes, sir. I guess I've, I've been wrong about you. Well, where do we go from here?
0: Well, I've been looking around, just in the event that the examination did turn out this way, trying to get some indication of where Anderson could have gone after leaving that shack. Yes? Well, he was traveling on horseback. At least, that was when he left home. But we got the ground so cut up around the scene of the fire that there doesn't seem to be much chance of tracing him by footprints. Is that as far as you got? Well, I got to thinking about it, sir, and I came to this conclusion. If Anderson staged a thing like this we can be sure he'd get as far away from this area as he could and as fast as he could.
4: In other words, you... you don't think he'd continue on horseback?
0: No, sir. He has no car, and I'm sure he wouldn't have dared to borrow or steal one. I think a train would be his best bet to put the miles between us and him. But I don't think he'd take the chance of walking into a station and buying a ticket.
4: And what do you think he did?
0: Well, if I were Anderson, I think I'd hop a freight and head west. Why west? Bigger country... Farms all spread out, less chance of being seen. I suspect he has a bit of money saved up. I think he'd keep moving, probably not take any jobs for a while. If you're right, he's going to be difficult to catch. Yes, he certainly is. But if I'm right, he's left a clue somewhere that'll give us the direction at any rate. What kind of clue? His horse, sir. My guess is if we send out the word and have a good look around, we'll find that horse. Probably in the area of railroad tracks somewhere. Mm Mm-hmm. That makes sense. He sacrificed some animal in that fire, but it wasn't a horse. Straight case of cruelty to animals. Yes, that and desertion. I hope we can bring him in.
4: Preston. Yes, sir? Send out a message to all detachments in the province. Have them search railroad areas for reports of a stray horse. Also, send out this description of Hugh Anderson. And have Provincial Police, CPR Police, and RCMP keep a close watch on all freight cars. Drop everything. Take care of this right away.
2: Here are the uh, first reports, sir.
4: Let me see, person.
2: There's a stack of descriptions of railroad hikers. Uh, None of them tally with Anderson, I'm afraid. But uh, Sergeant Daly at Sea Detachment reports finding a black roan near Birchtown, taken in by a farmer who found him grazing on his land right by the tracks.
4: Oh, black roan, eh? Anyone find out from Mrs. Anderson what kind of a
2: horse he had when he left home? Yes, sir. Sergeant Cooper just called her. It was a black roan. She's anything about it? Any distinguishing marks on the horse? She didn't say, sir. She's more interested in the report that her husband may be alive. Here we are, Inspector
0: positive proof. What is it, Cooper? Report from the Royal Bank, Saskatoon. They cashed a check yesterday for one Hugh Anderson. Good. I guess he figured he was in the clear, or he wouldn't have taken a chance like that. Then you'd better notify detachment headquarters in Saskatoon immediately. Have
4: them check the description and signature with the bank. And if they tally, we can lay a charge of desertion and cruelty to animals. Hmm. Won't take us long to track him down from there. (laughs)
2: Quite a shindig you got here.
3: Yes, we uh, got ourselves a little band together. Uh, one of the new hired
2: hands plays fiddle in the organized band. A new hand, you say? When did he arrive here?
3: Oh, about two or three weeks ago.
2: You know his name?
3: Yeah, it's, uh, Q... Uh, something or other. Well,
2: I'd, uh, like to ask him a few questions.
3: Oh, the band breaks for a drink at the end of this number. So I guess you'll see him then.
2: Uh, is it anything serious? no. Just got an idea. Excuse me, uh, you Hugh Anderson? W- what if I am? I'm Sergeant Allen of the Royal Canadian Mount of Police. You answer the description of a man I'm looking for. Well, what's it all about, officer? I'm afraid you'll have to come down to police headquarters and answer a few questions. What about the dance? I'm afraid that will have to wait. Going, Sergeant Cooper.
0: It won't be long now. Saskatoon has every available man out scouring the local countryside. You know, I feel sorry for that poor guy. He got so close to staging the perfect disappearance.
2: He would have too, Sergeant,
0: <laughs> if you hadn't have taken that year of medicine. <laughs> all right, all right. I don't know though. If I hadn't caught onto him, he'd have been picked up eventually. Sooner or later, he'd have walked into a member of the force. It's easier on him having to face up to his responsibilities now.
2: Here's a message for you, Sergeant Cooper.
0: Thanks. Yes, it's Saskatoon, all right. They've got Anderson, Preston. (laughs)
2: They brought him back to face three charges. Desertion, cruelty to animals, and creating a public nuisance.
3: Yeah? How how did it go for him?
2: (laughs) Well, they were pretty easy on him. He pleaded guilty and was sentenced to two months in prison. He never tried running away again. (laughs) (laughs) The whole thing coming to a head like that made him face up to his problems, and he got along a lot better afterwards. Good. So you see, Sergeant Cooper really helped the man in the long run. we will say, Because he used his head and his imagination. It's the unique qualities in men like that that have given the Royal Canadian Mounted Police the reputation it holds today. <laughs>